This, this, this is what I've been looking for. This is going to make me happy. It's going to make me content. It's going to make me full. This morning we look at another idol. And I want you to think with me for just a few moments. We don't have a long time this morning, but a very powerful story. We're going to look at the idol of romantic love. The idol of romantic love. And we're going to look at something in the life of a couple thousands of years ago, because this is nothing new. We're going to look at the story again of, of Jacob and Rachel and, and Leah. So let me just put it in context. If you remember, there was Abraham, this guy named Abraham, and they... God promised them a son and they were like almost 100 years old and they, they had this son named Isaac. And then he meets Rebecca and, and Rebecca's pregnant and they have twins. Their names are Esau and Jacob. And then between the two, in, in Jacob had 12 sons and those became the 12 tribes of Israel. So that's kind of a, a little, gives you a little sense of, of where Jacob here falls into the picture. We don't have time for all the details of the story. Let me just read a portion of it. Genesis 29, verse 15. It says, After Jacob had stayed with him for a whole month. Now, we'll back up here now. We'll, we'll get into the story. But let me just read this section and then we'll, we'll put it in the context of the whole story. Jacob had gone with his uncle and it says, After he had stayed with him a whole month... Laban said to him, Just because you're a relative of mine, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages will be. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel was lovely in form and beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, It's better that I give her to you than some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, and they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife. My time is completed. I want to lie with her. So Laban brought together all the people of the place, gave a feast. When evening came, he took his daughter Leah and gave her to Jacob, and Jacob lay with her. And Laban gave his servant girl Zippah to his daughter as her maidservant. And when morning came... There was Leah. So Jacob said to him, What is this you have done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? And Laban replied, It is not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week, then we will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. And Jacob did so. And he finished the week with Leah, and then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. And Laban gave his servant girl, Bilhah, to his daughter Rachel as her maidservant. And Jacob lay with Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah, and he worked for Laban another seven years. We see here that Rachel is, or Rebecca's pregnant with these two twins, and she's got, it, it says in the story that she's going something's wrong inside because it feels like these babies are like fighting inside my stomach. And so it was so significant, she went to the Lord and she prayed. She said, God, what's going on here? 
what, what's going on in, inside. And in Genesis 25:23, the Lord answered her, and this is what he said. Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples from within you will be separated. One will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Esau and Jacob, you follow their descendants, the most logical conclusion here is that Jacob represented Israel and Esau represents Palestinian descent. And so there's something here that's, that's going on inside. And Esau is born first, and the text says that Jacob had a hold of his heel when he came out. As if to say, not so fast, buddy. I'm right on your heels here. And so we see this contention from the very beginning between these two boys. Esau was his dad's favorite. He was a hunter. He liked to fish. He was a guy's guy. He was an outdoorsman. And he had a real connection with his dad. The text makes it very clear that Esau was his dad's favorite. Mom's favorite was Jacob. And so we begin to see this dynamic taking place in, in the relationship. The time came when Isaac, who is now old and could hardly see, is going to bless the boys and he's going to bless them and mom gets involved and she comes up with this scheme and she takes uh, Esau, said it had very uh, coarse, hairy skin and so she takes goat skin and wraps it around the arms of Jacob, sends him into her dad with uh, some wild game and he pretends that he is Esau and his father is tricked and pronounces the blessing not on the older as would be customary, but on the younger, just as was prophesied. A few moments later, Esau comes in and he's coming in for his blessing and his dad goes, what do you mean? I, I, just, I already blessed you. Esau said, that, that wasn't me. I just met Jacob going out. He said, well, I just gave the blessing to Jacob. And Esau, it says, breaks down in, in weeping and becomes extremely angry. So Jacob's mother sends him away and says, you can't stay here. Your son, your, your brother's going to kill you. And so here we see Jacob. He's got the pain of this broken relationship with his father. He's got the pain of, of this animosity with his brother. He's now leaving his mother. And he goes to the land of his mother's relatives and there he meets Laban who is his uncle. He sees Rachel, and he's starstruck. I mean, it's just like, oh man. He sees her, and something clicks in him, in, inside of him, and he, he, he feels like, you know what? This, this is the woman that's going to change my life. If I could have her, all this pain inside of me would, would somehow go away, and I, I think she is what I have been looking for. The text says that she was beautiful in form and face. In other words, she was extremely attractive. And Jacob thought, this will heal the emptiness and the brokenness and the hurt and the anger and the rejection in my life. So he pops the question to her dad. His dad's pretty shrewd. He knows he's got Jacob over a barrel. So he says, well, seven years if you work for me. If you do that, then you can have her. Which is about three to four times the normal price for any bride. And he was in love, and so 
he decides to do it. After seven years, he comes to Jacob, and it's really kind of, in Hebrew, it's really an inappropriate statement. But you can see he is so fixated on Rachel. And basically, to put it in, in plain English, he says, uh, my time's up. Uh, give me Rachel. I want to have sex with her. That's basically what he says. It's a very bold statement, but it kind of shows you where Jacob is here in this relationship. The wedding day comes. They do the ceremony. Jacob has a little bit too much to drink. And he goes to bed that night thinking he's with Rachel. And when he sobers up in the morning and wakes up, he realizes that he just spent the night with Leah, the older sister. The one with the text says, we guys, which we're not sure what that means, but probably means just very plain. And he's furious. And Laban says, well, you know, we have a custom here. I, I really can't give the, the uh, older, I can't give the younger daughter away before the older daughter. And so he says, you know, you can have Rachel if you work another seven years, uh, you know, carry out the bridal week, spend this week with Leah, and then you can have Rachel, which is what he did. Now, I, I kind of went through that really fast. And... You know, if you were to just stop and, and, and think about what's going on here in the emotions of these people. Gals, you put yourself in Rachel's place. Put yourself in, in Leah's place. Genesis 29.30. Just a couple little hints here. It says, Jacob lay with Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah. Okay, chapter 30, verse 1. When Rachel saw that she was not bearing any children, Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. She said, give me children or I'll die. There's some very, very strong emotion going on here. I mean, imagine for Leah. I mean, just, just imagine how difficult. Imagine what it would be like to feel unloved by your husband and hated by Rachel. And the text, in some places, uses that word hate. And then the plot starts to thicken as we go along because now children come into play, which is very important. And Leah starts popping them out like toast, one child after another. I mean, this is... If you can't have children, in those days, something was significantly wrong. God was punishing you. And so Leah's having all the children, and, and Rachel can't have any. And, and we see this within the heart of Leah, because the first child comes and she says, Now my husband will love me. The second child comes, and we find out evidently it didn't happen. Now because the Lord heard, I am hated... If you fill in the blank, now, now I will be loved. Didn't happen. The third child comes. Now my husband will be attached to me. And then the fourth child comes, and we don't have time to develop this, but this is very significant. This, this, is, this is the change point for Leah. She says, this time, this time I will praise the Lord. Just a little phrase, but it's so significant. 
And I think she was saying, I'm done trying to be, be loved by my husband. And I think it's time to open my life up to being loved by God because he's been loving me here all along. This time, I will praise the Lord and I realize that he has blessed me. And you know what the name of this child was? Judah. I mean, God blessed her with the child through whom the tribe of Judah. This is, this is the tribe through whom the Messiah would come. This is an incredible honor that he gives to Leah as she begins to acknowledge, acknowledge his love for her in spite of the lack of love that she had from Jacob. Meanwhile, Rachel is so desperate, she's offering uh, her servant to sleep with her husband. I mean, that's pretty desperate. She's offering her servant to sleep with her husband so somehow she can at least have a child by proxy that way. I wonder how she slept that night. And then finally, Rachel's womb opened and she started having children and then, and then Leah becomes jealous so she gives uh, her maidservant to Abraham and we end up with 12 children, one dad, and four women. And I wonder how long it took Jacob to realize that the God of romantic love, as he envisioned it, was really not working very well for him. There must be something else. So now instead of simply a broken relationship with his dad and, and his brother, now he's got wives fighting and in contention all over the place. And it only brought more pain into his life. As for Jacob, it would take another experience to open his eyes to what he was really looking for. But that will take another message to unpack that one. And we'll, we're going to look at that a few weeks down the road. C.S. Lewis has a great quote. I want to read it to you because it really sums up what I'm trying to say here this morning. Here it is. Most people, if they have really learned to look into their own hearts, would know that they do want and want acutely something that cannot be had in this world. There are all, all sorts of things in this world that offer to give it to you. But they never quite keep their promise. The longings which arise in us when we first fall in love or first think of some foreign country or first take up some subject that excites us are longings which no marriage and no travel and no learning can really satisfy. And I'm not now speaking of what would be ordinary, ordinarily called unsuccessful marriages or holidays or learned careers. I'm speaking of the best possible ones. There was something we have grasped at in the first moment of longing which just fades away in the reality. And I think everyone knows what I mean. The wife may be a good one. The hotels and scenery may have been excellent. The chemistry may be very interesting, a very interesting job. But something, something has evaded us. Solomon said this, there are three things too, ama too amazing for me and actually four that I cannot comprehend. He said, the way of a ship on the sea, 
the way of a snake on a rock, the way of an eagle in the sky, and the way of a man with a maiden. He's talking about this thing called romantic love. You know, it's things that sell millions of novels. It's things you watch on TV. It's things you grow up longing for. I mean, isn't that that such a preeminent part of our thoughts is this meeting that right person. And all of those things, including romantic love, is, is, is a gift that God gives to us. There's nothing wrong with that. But guys, there is no girl. There, there's no girl that's going to fill that deep, deep place inside that you're longing to fill. And, and gals, there's no guy that's, that's ever going to be able to fill that place within you. And you can try and fill it with anything you like. Success, money, sex, work the guy or gal of your dreams. There's only one who can and will fill that. And that is the bridegroom, and his name is Jesus Christ. Father, this morning, we are reminded that there is only one There is only one who can truly satisfy. And even in this world, Lord, until we meet that one face to face, we will still long for something more. So, Father, help us not to chase after other things. Help us not to put in that place of preeminence in our lives things that were meant for you and things that only you can fill. Lord, I pray for I pray for the young people that are here today and Lord in that time of life where you're just thinking about that guy or that gal that's gonna come alongside and Lord we know that that's a gift from you, but we know there's a limit to what we can be for each other. And Father, there's that place that you need to have that first place in our lives. You you need to be the one that, that actually fills us with the love that that only you can fill us with. And so today, Lord, we pray that we pray that we might have you in that place. And uh, Lord, we pray that we might learn, as, as this young gal in the video learned, that, that only you, Father, can love us with the kind of love that we long for. Lord, just teach us, we pray, in, in Jesus' name. Amen.